0: Everybody, Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, just how bad is it along the southern border? You might not know it if you're watching certain media, but the border crisis is only getting worse. We are in reruns this Sunday on Full Measure as our team is out beginning to research and shoot stories for upcoming season seven in the fall. This Sunday's repeat is a fascinating look at transgender athletes and the case both for and against the idea of athletes on the boys' teams switching to the girls' teams almost overnight. One of the more interesting things about this story and this issue is a lot of the media avoided covering it over the last couple of years, I think because there are not the normal alliances in this instance, a lot of feminists have allied with conservative activists and saying this should not be allowed because the boys are taking away opportunities from the women that were guaranteed them under hard-fought Title IX federal law. A fascinating debate with different states weighing in with their own remedies and allowances, and President Biden weighing in as well. One of the stories I will be shooting shortly before our debut In September, is another border story. If you've been watching Full Measure, or actually if you watch some of my stories even prior to Full Measure when I was working as an investigative reporter at CBS News, you know I've made repeat visits to the Arizona, Texas, Puerto Rico, California borders with no pre planned agenda just to see what's going on. I'm always surprised by something that I learn when I speak to the ranchers, the border officials. Local law enforcement, people who live in the towns, city leaders, illegal immigrant activists, and sometimes the illegal immigrants themselves. And I've kind of likened it almost to a living thing, this border, because it is very responsive to measures that are being taken or not being taken in terms of what kind of drug traffic comes across, what kind of human trafficking is going on, and how much illegal immigration there is. It's a story that I'm sorry to say the press has not covered very well over the years, in my view. I've talked about how when I worked at CBS News, it was always very easy to get what I call the noble illegal immigrant stories on the evening news, and I did plenty of those, the stories about how deserving people who have come into the United States illegally but turned out to be productive people or maybe even served in our military, how maybe bad things have happened to them, or undeserving things have happened to them, or maybe just a story of how someone like that has proven to be the type of person that you would want to have living in your country or as your neighbor. But I found it got to be almost impossible to get any other kind of illegal immigration story on television or on the news, especially as time went on. The flip side of the story, the bad side of illegal immigration, how much crime is brought in by illegal immigrants how our failure to adequately protect the border leads to a bonanza for the Mexican drug cartels and that the drugs they bring in directly impacts the situation such as the violence in Chicago. It seems like there's a big disconnect there on the part of some people when they report on this story. They don't seem to understand, maybe because they haven't been to the border, that Chicago's violence is directly linked to the illegal drug trafficking coming across the Mexican border. There's a pipeline that goes straight up to Chicago. That's one of the destination points. The fighting and the violence that we see daily in the Chicago area has to do with the gangs that are distributing the drugs, the territorial fights that they're having. All of this, a part of and a consequence of the drug trafficking, the drugs coming in from Mexico. But try to do those stories at CBS and other places. My experience was... They didn't want them. Now, no executive would say, we don't want stories like that. We only want stories that show the good side of illegal immigration. But there was a pattern, again, of accepting virtually any story that you could offer that showed a good side or a bright side of illegal immigration or an illegal immigrant. But virtually every story that didn't would be rejected for reasons such as we don't have enough time. Maybe there's no ability to budget for that particular travel or whatever the excuse was. When I go to the border on these trips, I'm not looking for anything in particular. I'm frequently asked when I'm setting up my stories. I'm asked by potential interview subjects, well, what's your angle? What's your story? And I always tell them, I don't know my story yet. I want to come down there and see what's going on along the border. So I will be doing that again soon. Meantime, I thought we would talk about a pretty important update. Let's start by looking at the Washington Post coverage of the story. Basically, the headline, which I thought was pretty odd, because the headline was, May was busiest month along Mexico border since Biden took office. It almost sounds like a good thing, the busiest month. I'd never heard the chaos of the border crisis or illegal immigration referred to as busy. I mean, busy usually describes something like, it's busy at the airport the day before Christmas, or summer is a busy time at Walt Disney World. You don't usually hear the border described as busy when it's being flooded by illegal immigrants and drug trafficking. But another interesting thing about the headline they chose is it's not even the most interesting or significant or most remarkable part of the story. Again, it's saying May was the busiest month along Mexico border since Biden took office. But listen to what the first paragraph actually says, that according to the latest figures, illegal crossings are at a new 20-year high. That sounds to me like that should have been the headline. And you might be surprised because there hasn't been nearly as much news media coverage as there was for a little while after my visit to the border earlier this year, in which I, through no special skill of my own, I just happened to be there, I broke some of the border crisis news on the leading edge of that. There was a flurry of national media coverage talking about the border crisis. But the coverage has subsided a lot, so you might be under the impression that so has the crisis. Or you might think that if anything is going on, it's a lot of illegal immigrant children coming across the border, and that's the main problem. And yes, that is a problem. In fact, a couple of members of Congress from Tennessee, the two senators and a member of the House, have written a new letter to the Biden administration asking if it is resettling some of these unaccompanied alien children, as they're called, in Tennessee without coordinating with state and local officials who say they really need to know if a lot of kids are being dumped in the area because it impacts the schools and the resources in the community, impacts a lot of things. Well, they had sent an earlier letter asking the question and said they never got an answer, but now they're saying there's a facility in Chattanooga that the U.S. government is using to house or process some of these illegal immigrant children, and now the facility is said to be under state and federal investigation after a complaint from a migrant child about alleged abuse. These are the kinds of things the states want to know. Tennessee is not the only state that has noticed, it says, the federal government is apparently settling illegal immigrants and particularly children, in their state, again, without coordinating or notifying the local officials who say they need to know. So the children are an issue, but it's not the biggest issue. For all the news coverage focusing on the unaccompanied minors crossing into the U.S. and being allowed to stay, those numbers are far and away eclipsed by the number of single adults crossing the border unlawfully and encountering border agents. Single adults. So here's what the most recent numbers look like. By the end of May, the number of border agent encounters with illegal immigrants along the southern border, border agent encounters, was nearing 1 million for the fiscal year. The fiscal year begins October 1st. So that number, border agent encounters with illegal immigrants, is at 929,868 at the end of May. Now, single adults, not children, accounted for about 71% of that total, 659,749 single adults had encounters with border agents or were basically intercepted or turned themselves in after crossing the border illegally from Mexico. How does that compare with other recent years? Well, 2020 had 353,000 single adults intercepted or turning themselves in, or having encounters for the whole year. So we are already, with four months left in the fiscal year, we're already at about double what we had for single adults coming in in 2020, and roughly the same in 2019 and 2018. Of the total, the unaccompanied children, the single minors that we hear so much about, they're really a pretty small part of the problem. They're about 8.6%. Of the total who encounter a border agent or have encountered a border agent so far this fiscal year, that's 79,948. That's more than the whole year for 2018 and 2020, and about the same as the whole year for 2019. And again, we still have four months left in this fiscal year. Customs and Border Protection puts out all kinds of stats and comparisons regularly. And you might find it interesting to go to their website and look around but if you want to go straight to it you could just search on DuckDuckGo or your favorite search engine the words Southwest Land Border Encounters Southwest Land Border Encounters and that should take you right to the page where you'll be able to see the latest stats and graphs and then you can look on the left and actually also on the right and see previous year statistics and other enforcement highlights. That's where you will see this startling graph that shows just how many more illegal immigrant encounters there have been this fiscal year than in previous years, particularly in May, where it's still going up. The spike looks like it started around the January time period. We were already higher building up to January than the previous few years, but then there was a major spike around the February time period A huge spike in March, and it's continued to creep up. Looking at all categories, fiscal year 2021, so far, with four months left to go, we have reached 929,868, or very close to a million, Southwest land border encounters with illegal immigrants at the end of May. So almost a million. For the whole year of 2020, we were at 458,000. That's a lot but way, way above that this year. For the whole year in 2019, that was a big year. We were at 977,509, so close in 2019, which everybody recognized there was a major spike that year. But we are now already at that 2019 number, the 2019 total with four months left to go in 2021. And then in 2018, it was about a half million for the total year. I might add, not only is the increase alarming, but just the raw numbers, even on the years when it was not this high, just the raw numbers are concerning. That many people coming into the United States illegally that we know of, year after year. And the thing we don't know, of course, is how many people come into the U.S. and do not turn themselves in or are not intercepted but get away. So above the 1 million that we know about so far this fiscal year with four months left to go, there is an untold number that come in undetected. Many of them, by the way, as I've reported, come in through Arizona. They are moving drugs and other illegal contraband. They are human trafficking. They are trafficking in children. One thing that I've learned from my border trips is that all border officials agree that the Mexican drug cartels which control and get paid for nearly every illegal crossing that happens into the United States through the Mexican border, that these cartels have schemed to flood the border with people who are turning themselves into agents in hopes of staying in the U.S., then say officials the cartels exploit the chaos and the distracted border agents to run drugs and humans across the border and other sections often unchallenged. Back after a short break with some more stats and information on the current border crisis. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're back. We're talking about the current illegal immigration border crisis. And one of the big narratives you've probably heard that I used to believe too, because it's pretty pervasive, was that illegal immigrants who come here commit fewer crimes than the average American. And first of all, I learned there is no sure way to know such a thing because Since they are coming into the country illegally and often undocumented and untracked, it's impossible to have a real statistic regarding per capita crimes committed by the illegal immigrant population. Second, I learned that often crimes are not reported in that category. So there may be crimes committed in a certain jurisdiction, but the jurisdiction is not reporting to the federal government or to others That a particular crime was committed by an illegal immigrant. We also know that there are some sanctuary city jurisdictions that routinely release illegal immigrants who commit crimes without charging them. Perhaps they're driving without a license, they're not carrying their insurance card, maybe there's a fender bender or an accident, for which an American could be held accountable, but in some places when this happens with an illegal immigrant, they're treated as though it's sort of a petty minor crime that's not worth prosecuting, and it doesn't really even go in the books. But that aside, I set out to use some statistics that I found we actually gather, the federal government gathers on illegal immigrant criminals, those who engage in criminal acts once in the United States. And the stats clearly show that criminal aliens, as they call them, make up a disproportionate number of inmates in our prisons and jails. Now, this is somewhat dated because I did this analysis in 2018, but I doubt the figures have changed that much. The U.S. population at the time was about 328 million, and it's estimated or was estimated that about 11 million or one in 30 people are illegal immigrants. But criminal aliens accounted for more than one in 5 federal prison inmates let me say that again illegal immigrants were said to be one in 30 of the US population and yet they accounted for more than one in 5 federal prison inmates and that's with a lot of them going unreported by that i mean there are criminal aliens in jail for crimes at the state and local level in states that do not report these stats to the federal government so This is a minimum number of criminal aliens that we know about. Even assuming a pretty radical margin of error for the sake of argument, it would still mean illegal immigrants are drastically overrepresented among the criminal population in the United States. Where did that info come from? Well, I got it in a Government Accountability Office report, a GAO report. And I thought it was very interesting because if you were to read the summary of the report by a woman named Greta Goodwin, it seemed oddly written to try to put a positive spin on what were some pretty bad findings about criminal aliens in our prison system because the summary highlighted a different figure. The summary said from 2011 to 2016, the criminal alien proportion of the total estimated federal inmate population generally decreased from about 25% to 21%. So if you stopped reading there, and a lot of busy reporters just look at the summary, and if GAO or someone else in the government isn't promoting what's really deep in the report, you may never know about it. If you stopped there, you might think this was good news. But it's when I dug into the actual report and the footnotes that I found it was really difficult to sugarcoat the findings. For starters, I found that 91% of the federal criminal aliens were citizens of Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, Dominican Republic, Colombia or Guatemala, there were more than 730,000 criminal aliens in U.S. or state prisons and local jails during the period measured that we know of. They accounted for 4.9 million arrests for 7.5 million offenses. 730,000 criminal aliens in U.S. or state prisons and local jails during the period measured. That's a huge number. According to GAO, the exact numbers were 197,000 criminal aliens in our federal prisons. They were arrested 1.4 million times, meaning these 197,000 criminal aliens were charged with multiple crimes and had been arrested more than once in many cases for 2 million offenses between the years 2011 and 2016. There were an estimated 533,000 or a half million In state or local facilities between 2010 and 2015, those half million at the state and local level represented 3.5 million arrests for 5.5 million offenses being committed in the U.S. For the arrests, by the way, we're not talking that they're sitting in federal prison because they crossed into the U.S. illegally. These arrests include allegations of more than a million drug crimes among them, a half million assaults. 133,800 sex offenses, 24,200 kidnappings by these illegal criminal aliens. Even more serious, the imprisoned illegal immigrants over the five-year period had been arrested for 33,300 homicide-related offenses and 1,500 terrorism-related crimes. These are big numbers. In terms of cost, what does this cost you? Well, Federal taxpayers, according to GAO, shelled out more than $15 billion during the time period studied that came to about $2.5 billion a year to keep criminal aliens behind bars in federal, state, and local facilities. This is costing us a lot of money. Many of them proved to be repeat offenders of about 146,500 criminal aliens who had finished a federal prison term about one in six had already been imprisoned again, at least once. That's 24,800 of them. So, again, this illegal immigration impacts us in terms of cost and crime and all kinds of problems. The spike that we're talking about today has occurred primarily since President Biden was elected. Now, he has insisted that he inherited a mess at the border from President Trump. However, in fairness, it must be said that the numbers of illegal crossings under Trump was on a downward trend. That coincided with several factors, including more miles of border wall construction that was completed under the Trump administration after it finally succeeded in winning a host of legal challenges that took a really long time, launched by Democrats who wanted to stop the border wall and stop stricter border enforcement. Finally, Donald Trump won those cases at the Supreme Court level two summers before the 2020 election, and they got down to business as fast as they could, building as much wall as they could and instituting new policies. The Trump administration instituted a remain in Mexico policy, which forced those seeking asylum to wait for their court date in Mexico. And once word got out that people, once they did that harrowing journey and paid the Mexican drug cartels and came across the border, once they learned they weren't going to be allowed to stay in the U.S. for a court date way down the road, for which most of them don't show up, once they learned that, guess what? The traffic stopped. They didn't want to wait in Mexico. The Trump administration also invoked an emergency policy during the COVID-19 restrictions that worked to the advantage of those who wanted stricter border control because this emergency policy allowed agents to turn back many illegal immigrants without processing at all. As you may know, as soon as President Biden took office, he ordered an immediate halt to wall construction when contractors left their jobs literally overnight, as I found on my trip to the border early this year. It left giant unguarded gaps in the wall. Those are exploited by the cartels. Biden also lifted the remain in Mexico policy. Now neither Biden nor Vice President Kamala Harris has visited the southern border since taking office. They are under pressure to do so. At least the vice president is. They've indicated they don't think there's a crisis at the border or, if there is one, that it's Trump's fault. Harris has repeatedly told reporters, including recently, that she will visit the border at some point. She's supposedly Biden's point woman on the border, although I will say the administration has clarified that her assignment on the border has more to do with dealing with Central American countries that are sending so many people here than with the actual southern border itself geographically. So we will be getting a lot of news on this topic, I think, throughout the summer, and I'll bring you the latest what I learned, season seven of Full Measure in the fall. We'll see what's happened by then. According to the Washington Post and its article on all of this, a growing share of illegal immigrants are from nations outside of Central America and Mexico. In fact, I know they're intercepting all kinds of illegal traffic, people coming from places like Yemen and other parts of the Middle East, people coming in from Syria, even people on terrorist watch lists. Those are the ones, again, that they catch. It's impossible to know about all of those who get away. And according to the Washington Post, the illegal crossings we've talked about have reached a new 20-year high. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I hope you'll check out Full Measure every Sunday throughout the summer. We'll be back with a new and fresh season seven, our seventh year, beginning in September. I hope you'll check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ackeson podcast. Subscribe to both of them. Leave a good review. Share them with your friends. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.